0: Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead.
1: Hello, our sweet, sweet audience. So nice of you to join us here in this virtual theater. Once again, we've got us another installment of our special guest star series. And this week... Mike has brought us Haley King. Hi, Haley. Hi. Yes, Mike has brought in a young, energetic performer, obviously to replace me. <laughs> Worn out has been that I am. I'm amazed <laughs> I'm so, you figured it out. So sad, so tragic. How about another drink? No thanks. And how uniquely appropriate. As the movie Haley has chosen for us is the 1950 Betty Davis classic, All About Eve. I am your soon-to-be-discarded host, Max Levine. You have and been fired. And over there, lurking in the corner, sharpening the dagger for my back, is that scheming ingenue, Mike Luce. And, as I say, joining us, also from Michigan, is Haley King. Who you you calling ingenue? I'll see you after class. You're dead. I'm gonna get you at recess. You're dead, Levine. Dead. Oh, yeah. You and what army? <laughs>
0: yeah, salvation. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. all about Eve, starring Betty Davis and
1: others. Yeah. Hey, so that no, no. As as Haley will no doubt uh, remind us, there's, there's a, the cast is actually fairly impressive. It's true. Betty Davis is clearly the name. Oh, although yeah. Ann Baxter for her time was a big deal. I don't know anything about Ann Baxter, but she, yeah, ooh. yeah, <sighs> yeah. Uh, cool so, that whip down, shall we? Because cripes. Uh, mm. So uh, I'm just going to summarize the plot for the four people out there who don't know it.
0: The show.
1: Don't we do trivia uh, first? No, no, we do the plot first, then we do trivia. I think you're wrong, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm hosting. I'm the host this week, so. What I, what I say is the, is gospel. Have another tumbler of gin. <laughs> I think I will. I have another bathtub of gin. Mmm, bathtub gin. Mmm, tasty, soapy. Go, go, go okay. ahead, tell us the plot. Yes. A seemingly innocent young wannabe actress named Eve, played by Ann Baxter, works her way into the life of a brilliant stage actress, Margot Channing, played by Betty Davis. As the story unfolds, we realize that Eve's motivation is more than just admiration of Margot. You gave it it's away. It's more complex than that, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, would you agree, Haley?
2: I would agree. Yeah.
1: Cool. And leaving uh, you, know, well, yeah. Okay, so that's a reasonable summary, you think, without giving too much away? Yeah. Without giving too much. Okay. Yeah, cool. I
2: think we we go over more of the finer details a little bit later
0: oh yes especially the drinking and the smoking
2: oh okay well that's not what i wanted to talk about but
1: i'm sure we'll get to your things too (laughs) Haley is the guest we get to talk about whatever she wants to talk about didn't do that for the weasel yeah he didn't try to talk about anything yes he did
2: also you're you're comparing me with somebody named the weasel so (laughs) well you do nice one
1: mike way to make way to make our guest feel welcome Yeah, whatever. Go ahead and read your trivia. (laughs) Soon to be fired. (laughs) There is a ton of information about this movie, so I'll just try to get some of it out there. First off, this movie was nominated for 14 Oscars, which ties the record for the number of nominations, overall nominations, with Titanic and La La Land. All right, so I didn't see La La
0: Land. I'm kind of guessing that it's, mm -hmm. shall we say, nowhere near this level and while i enjoyed titanic i can tell you firsthand it is not this level
1: (laughs) yeah uh my problem with titanic is to me the most interesting character was the boat ouch yeah oh come on Uh, billy zane the phantom lord (laughs) Uh, and it is the phantom yes that's what he'll be actually that is probably what he'll be remembered for
0: i'm king of the world ma i'm king
1: of the world this is also the first movie where two actresses from the same movie were nominated for Best Actress. Oh, Ann Baxter yeah, this, and Betty Davis? Ann Baxter and Betty Davis. Uh, Yeah, this was a little awkward because Ann Baxter apparently lobbied the Academy really hard to be nominated as Best Actress instead of Best Supporting Actress. Well, she's got a this, point. This she, her probab- name's
2: in the title, right? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: that is true. The thing is... And this has been true throughout the history of the Oscars. It kind of split the voting. The problem is when you have two actors from the same movie nominated, usually neither one wins. However, which is in fact what happened. Uh, who won? Yeah, yeah that Judy Holiday won for Born Yesterday, which I actually don't have a problem with. Judy Holiday is a genius. Uh,
0: didn't she like make like two big films like Solid Gold Cadillac and Born Yesterday and then she kind of disappeared? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it it
2: Betty was also. Was... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I was just gonna say Betty was pretty disappointed about that. That was one of the two roles that she really thought she should have won for, and didn't. That and uh, whatever yes. happened to Baby Jane, she was pretty resentful. She... Oh. That, that, that was another Jane?
1: split, I think, because it was her and Joan Crawford, her best buddy. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> to
2: be fair, but... in this case, she and Ann Baxter actually were friends
1: for
0: yeah, well, the rest of their lives. Really Oh, well. they were after mm-hmm.
1: this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh,
2: the, you know
1: uh, Betty Davis did go on to win two Academy Awards for best actress in Jezebel and Dangerous. Okay. Neither of which I have seen. Jezebel
2: really. was prior to this though. That oh, was back okay. in the 30s, It it's really good. That's all, another one of my favorites. Betty Davis is my favorite in case you didn't know. So Didn't. <laughs> uh, I
1: mean, didn't know that. Cool. Or in case that wasn't clear. Uh, the movie did win 6 Oscars, best picture, best director, George Sanders won Edison DeWitt, won Best Supporting Actor. That's almost Best. unfair because he's just kind of playing himself. <laughs> kind of, but I mean, it works. He's really good at it. So, also, Best Costume Design,
0: Edith Head. Oh, Edith, Woo. one of her like Woo. 13 Oscars.
2: Mm -hmm. I love this There's an
0: episode of Columbo where she she's just there playing herself and on her desk in the background is this field of Oscars I just waited (laughs) for her to sort of go oh let me get these out of the way and just swipe them all off the side
1: (laughs) it also won for best sound recording because obviously
0: Uh, okay because there's a couple of points it's like oh the dubbing here is kind of terrible but all right
1: yeah well uh when uh Joseph Mankiewicz cast Betty Davis. Another director, one of her former ones, Edmund Golding, called him up and said, she will grind you down into a fine powder. Good for her. Because Betty was apparently um, difficult to work with. (laughs) She was a perfectionist, and she was a... Margot Channing, she's kind of playing herself a little bit. Mm -hmm. A little bit. Uh, however, it turned out to be unnecessary because Davis knew better than to mess with Mankiewicz's screenplay because she read it and she thought it was amazing. And Mankiewicz said that he found her to be one of the most professional and agreeable actresses he'd ever worked with. Huh, so no real Val Kilmer there, huh? No. Oh, cool. Uh, for the most part, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, right, during right. the out-of-gas car scene with uh, Margot and Karen, mm-hmm. she tells Karen that she loves Bill, but she's afraid that he's actually in love with the stage persona, Margaret Channing. Uh, you know, Bill's in love with Margot Channing. He fought with her, worked with her, loved her, but 10 years from now, that sort of thing. Um, Betty Davis and Gary Merrill, who played uh, Bill, actually fell in love on set and got married. Oh. After filming this movie. And almost 10 years to the day afterwards, got divorced. Oh. Well, Davis said that. Basically, they married their characters from the movie rather than the actual people. Huh. Uh, by the way, Mar- uh, people have pointed out uh, Margot or uh, Betty Davis' delivery, her voice, has this weird husky Tallulah Bankhead sound to it. You mean Black Widow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or really better known from Lifeboat, thank you very much. Mm, I know her better from Batman. <laughs> of course you do. But, uh... uh the reason her voice was like that, well, she had been going through a divorce with her current husband, and she had actually strained a blood vessel in her throat, screaming at him. <laughs> yeah. You, and who was Ma- the husband? Do you, know? went, hmm? Do you know who the I husband... don't remember his name. I don't think he was particularly famous. But uh, the director liked it, liked the way her voice was so well that uh, he said, you know what, we're keeping this. I don't want to... Sh- I, I she, He didn't make her re-record her lines. Oh, cool. Now... Uh, in about many years later, Betty Davis said in an interview that filming All About Eve, it was a very happy experience. Quote, the only bitch in the cast was Celeste Holmes. Who's that? Karen. Oh, you know, I could see that.
0: She seemed mm. kind of cold here and there. And of I course, don't mean and, like because she was wrapped in her mink and shuddering. Mm.
1: Yeah. Uh, Celeste Holmes sp- said about her experience with Betty Davis on the first day of shooting quote, I walked onto the set on the first day I said good morning and do you know her reply? She said, oh blank, oh bleep, good manners (laughs) I never spoke to her again ever Yikes Oh, I just found it was Betty Davis was married to a William Grant Sherry Oh Yeah Mm. Uh, Moo (laughs) Her famous cocktail dress was an Edith Head creation unfortunately to Edith's horror just as they were about to film the cocktail party, she found that the dress didn't quite fit Betty Davis in the shoulders. And there was no time to fix it. So Davis just had the dress, had the dress slip off her shoulders. Oh. So she went bare shouldered. Yeah. Now, as I'm sure all every all of us noticed, there is an interesting sort of cameo in this movie of uh, one Norma Jean somebody or other. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe, yes. Yeah. Is this her first big role? Um, You know, like where she talks? It's one of her her largest early roles. It is also the last movie where she used her normal voice. She went into that sort of breathy, you know, happy birthday, Mr. President (laughs) voice (laughs) for every... I know, it's uncanny, isn't it? I sound just like her. I Uh. (laughs) I often mistake you for Marilyn
0: Monroe. (laughs) So many people do. I actually thought she had some of that voice in this film. And at, you know we're getting to one of my notes, but it's like, yeah, she's not very good.
1: She doesn't have many lines, but she's not very good. <laughs> now, she's interesting George, to
2: watch. I she suppose. she is,
1: and not just because she's gorgeous. She has real, really great physical performances. The way she moves, the way her face works. But uh, oh, George Sanders was married at the time to, to himself. And I didn't know this. No, to Jasia Gabor. Oh dear gods. Yeah, and she kept showing up on the set because she was really jealous that her husband had these scenes with Marilyn Monroe, but she wanted to keep an eye on him.
0: I'm sure she knew everybody's name because everyone's name was darling. Yeah. Oh, man, wow, yeah. boy, there's a couple. Yeah, Cher Khan it? and Ava Gabor. I mean, sorry, <laughs> Jaja Gabor. Jaja, I like yeah. it matters. <laughs> Well no, wait, Jojo was the one who beat up policeman, that's right. Yes,
1: that's that's the one. Okay. This the movie, by the way, is based on a short story, but which is by uncredited Mary Orr. O R R. The story was published in Cosmopolitan Magazine in nineteen forty six. Bobby's mother. Uh, it was only three and a half pages long. Wow. And Fox paid about five grand for the rights. Whew. Boy, they got a deal. Yeah, seriously. Uh I have to say, uh, Joseph Mankiewicz kind of shared my feelings for Hugh Marlowe, the guy who plays Lloyd, the playwright. Uh-huh. Called, he said, uh, he called him a grunt, and he was a stick. Just okay. wooden. I, 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 I didn't find him wooden. I did. I, I thought he was incredibly dull. And I recognized him from some other movie, and I couldn't place him. The first time I saw him, I thought he was the professor from Gilligan's Island. No, no, no. I know That's... he's not Russell. Russell Brand or whatever his name is, <laughs> Russell Crowe. Uh, I think his, <laughs> yeah, that's it.
2: I think his uh, problem Johnson. is more that uh, he's surrounded by everybody else in this movie. I don't think it would have been a terrible performance if he hadn't had to oh, live up to the rest of the cast. Uh,
0: I mean, we'll get to this. I, mm-hmm. I, I had other people that I thought were doing a, a lesser job, but let's go on with the trivia. Others we'll, will, we'll one, never get one to this stuff. I got one
1: last point, and that is in uh, apparently everyone used to assume that Bear, that Betty Davis based her characterization on Tallulah Bankhead for that movie. Even Tallulah Bankhead thought this. She actually considered suing Twentieth Century Fox, but decided not to because Betty Davis quote did such a good job. I've just been witched out of a million dollars by Betty being as good as me. Okay. Yeah. In uh, she did uh, Tallulah Bankhead did star in a in a radio adaptation of All About Eve, which uh, featured in the supporting cast as Mary Orr, the author. Oh. Originally, the story was called "The Wisdom of Eve." Now, according to stories, during the rehearsal, Tallulah asked Mary Orr, "I was the prototype for Margot Channing, wasn't I?" Orr set the record straight and said, "No," and Tallulah never spoke to her again.
0: Well, big surprise, Mary Orr was a—I'm uh, guessing—a not a very major author, and Tallulah no. Bankhead was a planet.
1: Yeah, pretty much <laughs> I'm sorry, a star, so, a
0: shimmering, shining star In the cinema it, firmament, it says so It says right so here. right
1: here So that's what I've got for trivia uh, Any points I, that uh, either of you want to bring up that I left out? Because there's tons
2: um, I think one of my favorite uh, pieces of information about this film Is that Betty Davis was n- almost not cast in this It was originally mm. offered to Claudette Colbert and Ooh, she yeah. injured her back really bad, like two weeks before they started filming. Yeah, I, I only and, vaguely
0: know her, but I'm just like, would she have had the gravitas to pull this off? Well she She's kinda of pretty for it. She's also kind of sweet. I mean that's yeah. what she was yeah. playing. It's like Audrey Hepburn's no. like, no, she I don't I couldn't see her in this role.
2: Ah. Well, they uh well, you know, it depends on who you listen to. It is said that the characterization of Margot was a little bit different before Betty Davis was brought into it. It was a little a little bit less explosive of a character. So. I, I wonder and if that, that would have uh, worked. I don't know. Hmm? Oh. But, but what lucky am- for us. Yeah. 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 So yeah.
0: What, what are they like? Just until we get to the, the argument, the fighting, the clawing, biting, and screeching. Uh, any other just trivia that you like to throw in? Uh,
2: I don't think so. Max got most of my favorite mm. bits. Cool. So Good job.
0: Yeah. And now, the cage match.
1: <laughs> the Lowdown
0: So, okay. I'm going to start off with a question
1: mm-hmm.
0: Haley, I know this is one of your favorite films But why did you choose it for this show? Hmm. Unless it's, the answer is just <laughs> that it's your favorite film In which it case is. I've blown my own question I
2: know, oh. see, you don't ask leading questions mm-hmm. like that uh, No, partially yes, it is my very favorite film But also I feel like while it is a very well-known film, I don't feel like a lot of people, at least my age, are very familiar with it. So I thought all of the exposure that it would get on this uh, very well-known podcast <laughs> would, do, <laughs> would do well for oh,
0: it. Oh, uh, she's <laughs> nice. You, you, you don't have to slather on the butter. We already have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Where, If you don't mind, I'm going to let Max uh, take over for questions real quick. I just have these two. Where did you first encounter it? Because as you, uh, Haley, for those of you who can't see her, which is everyone uh, mm. Haley is is in her 20s uh, she is basically half my age <laughs> uh, and it is a black and white film it's from 1950. so where did you first encounter this or how?
2: Um, well I have always been more of a classic film fan I it sounds stupid but like a lot of the sh- the way that modern film is shot it gives me a headache. I can't look at all those cuts so older films yeah. are very easy for me to watch very very um well organized everything's got a setup everything's pretty clean so I like that about it um so I actually probably one of the reasons that this resonated so much with me when I first encountered it was because I saw it for the first time when I was in high school theater Aha. Uh-huh. very very difficult very insecure part of my life and I you know as I'm sure you can understand it uh it spoke to me. <laughs> but, yeah, one of what, those, you know, late-night Turner Classic movies, you know, that was, what's that on, was my what's question. on.
1: What is it about the movie in particular that speaks to you? Was it just, was it the the resident of being in the theater and seeing, because this movie is a, a song to the theater.
0: Oh, yeah, and it's like the height of theater, kind of like the 50s, like when you would have a musical on Broadway and it would become so gigantically huge that they were forced to make a movie out of it. Mm-hmm.
2: So, at the time, I would say, like, the the theatrical aspect spoke to me, but even the reason that it, like, stuck with me, I think, is really just because of, it's very emotional, and it's very, um, it's Betty Davis at her greatest, and she's always been my very favorite actress, seen pretty much everything she's ever done, so, uh, this was sort of the thing that she credited with revitalizing her career you know, later on. She had done a lot of really great work in the thirties and then in the early forties and then things kinda of tapered off and this brought her back to the forefront. And I really appreciate it for that.
0: So this is sort of like what airplane was for Leslie Nielsen.
1: On <laughs> <Yeah,
2: laughs> the same on the
0: same level in everything.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah right, right up there. Yeah. So well okay, we well, already answered another one of my questions, which was oh uh, uh, are there other Betty Davis movies you like, but if you've seen them all, like, yeah, okay, if this is number one, like, <laughs> what's number two, number
2: three? Uh, I love Jezebel. Uh. Uh, she's fantastic in that one, and that was when she was pretty young um, and with Henry Fonda, and I love it. And mm-hmm. um, it's cliche, but I really do love Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh, boy. It's a lot, but. Yeah.
1: That, that. It,
2: it, is that Polanski?
0: No, no, that's no. Uh, Rosemary's be- Baby. I, yeah. I get them confused because they're both black and white.
1: <laughs> well, sh- no, they aren't. Uh, Rosemary's see? Baby is in
0: color. Well, that's why I get confused. <laughs> I, if no you understand buyer. what that meant, you can write us at us at com. So
1: I, I'm guessing uh, in this movie, Betty Davis is your favorite uh, performer, favorite character?
2: Well, yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, that would follow. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, no. I mean, I do think there are a lot of good performances in this, but sh- as always, she steals the show. So.
0: Yeah. She's up there. I mean, uh, George Sands playing George sh- Sands or Sher Khan or, Sanders, I'm sorry, or Sher mm-hmm. Khan or Mr. Freeze, for those of you who remember him also from Batman. So, so we're going back to Tallulah Bankhead. You know, maybe she had something there. Hmm. <laughs> um, you he didn't play Mr. Freeze. That yes, was he, but it was also George Sands. George Sanders played Mr. Freeze? Yes, he did. Oh, wow. Just once. It was Otto Preminger, George Sanders, and there was a third. Mr. Freeze oh. was kind of like, you know, whoever we can get this week. Ah. Yes, he did play Mr. Freeze. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he, he puts it at the top of his resume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or it did. Um, I So he's one of those actors, you get him, you get George Sanders, and it's wonderful. Uh, it's like Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart can play a range of emotions, but as far as jimmy stewart he never really gets very far away from henry fond is kind of the same way um, oh i would disagree with that certainly uh, harrison ford fits into this category very neatly you get you pay five bucks you get harrison ford and that's fine um and, I, and he fits greatly in this film and baxter i don't know anything her uh, that i've seen her with her in it besides this and uh I will say, as good as her performance is, and I knew nothing about this film because I'd never seen it, one of my first notes was, at 10 minutes into the film, Eve is borderline creepy. (laughs)
2: Lurking in a doorway.
0: (laughs) Well, just like, and then 20 minutes in, I don't trust Eve. See,
2: I I, I think watching this, though, in modern times, I think it adds kind of a layer of irony, because I think... Yes, like if I watch her right now, I don't trust her. But then I kind of, you kind of have that thought, like, well, she seems like artificial, but that is kind of the acting style of the time as well. Right. So is she artificial yeah. because Eve is artificial, or is she artificial because Ann Baxter was directed to to act like that? So right. I mean, obviously, throughout the course of the film, you find out that no, first impression was correct, but Oops. it does give you that. Yeah, sorry, spoilers. Uh, yeah. But it does give you that moment of like, hi, huh, I'm not quite sure.
1: Yeah. I don't think we can really consider that there are a lot of spoilers about this movie. It's so much a part of the culture. I see TV shows and movies now where they refer. They'll say, "You know what she's doing? She's all about Eveing you." Yeah, she's Eve Harrington you. Huh? I, I, People, I've never heard that, but I have. Oh yeah, and it, but the way she does it, it's Ann Baxter is so good at it, and it's so it's done from early on when she's taking the dress on right. uh, the gown. And she's on stage with it and taking the bow. And Margot comes out and sees her. And Margot obviously thinks it's cute. And then she says, you know, Eve, the look Anne Baxter gives is so good. It's so complex. I think it's literally one of the few times in the movie we may actually see her for real. Yeah. There's a moment. It's just totally honest. Fear, guilt, anger, all just with that look. Yeah. And then she snaps back into the sweet young thing. Now she should have listened to Bertie. Bertie, her <laughs> come. Bertie is great. You know, she was up there <laughs> She she was nominated for best supporting actress along with Celeste Holm, and I think she she's is terrific. hilarious. She's she is, wonderful. Is. I love Bertie. Just the look she gives. She's like like when she cleans up the
0: apartment, and 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 uh, Eve is in the way, and she just sort of like moves past her. And it's just
1: this is like it's oh here comes the iceberg, you know. Uh, and she's I, the first one who's suspicious of Eve, and she gets that great quote. It's like she's studying you, like you was a play or a blueprint or something.
0: Yeah, like, I I don't boom.
1: Think... I think the
0: moment that Eve is in the dressing room, mm-hmm. Bertie's like, Nope.
2: Well, she and she says it right there. It's all it's missing or the bloodhounds snapping at her rear end. Even when Eve yeah. is telling her first story mm-hmm. and the music swells and it gets all dramatic <laughs> and you you know. Yeah. Bertie was on that in a moment. And I think that that's an interesting thing that happens that um All of the theatrical people are immediately moved by this dramatic tale that Eve tells. Ah. And Bertie immediately zeroes in. It's like, no. (laughs) I know theater
1: people. Interesting. No, that's like the theater people are more gullible to a convincing narrative. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that.
0: You know, performance-wise, I I thought when Bill comes in, I can't remember the actor's name. Because quite honestly, to me, he was anybody. You don't um, recognize
1: young Dr. Kildare?
0: Uh, having never seen Dr. Kildare, no. Or Dr. Know.
1: Gillespie, excuse me. He Art. was Dr. Gillespie on Dr. Kildare.
0: Um, I thought that his introduction, he was kind of overplaying it. He Art. actually felt like he was an actor. He's the director, but he felt like, oh, yes, the stormy blah, 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 of blab and it's like, okay, yeah, tone Maybe. it down, Maybe I,
1: I would go with Haley on this, though, in that that really was the style of the times. Uh, but he calms, calms down still... later, and he's not quite so flamboyant. Well, the idea is he's he's annoyed, he's mad at Margot, and so he's overplaying it. And I get the feeling that he has learned over the years that's how you get the theater people's <laughs> attention. It's like if you just if you're quiet and understated, they'll ignore you.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that, but for some reason, like he he sweeps in and doing his Oscar performance is like eh. Later on, he's fine, and I actually there's a scene of his I really like, and it's when he's trying to convince. Betty Davis or convince Margot that, no, I really love you, I would marry you. What can I do to help you? And I actually felt bad for him. It's like this poor guy. He's literally laying everything on the line and Betty at that point can't get over herself enough to say yes or no or anything. And it's like, is he really gonna walk out? And I really didn't know. Mm -hmm. So he gets better. Just his opening, I was like Um, uh, I, poor Birdie doesn't get nearly enough to do. She's freaking awesome.
2: I know. She she disappears after the the party, and that's yeah. I think one of my like the big tragic parts of the film for me. I, I just wanted her to stick her head in at some
0: point and go, "Told you so." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: what what other notes do you have in there, Max? Because I thrown some of mine in. Uh, one of the things I like really like about the movie is the music, and it's very unobtrusive. The stuff with the the piano player. Yeah. At the party, you know the big party. That's one of the central scenes of the movie. He keep she keeps having him play that incredibly lugubrious, depressing Franz Liszt piece, Liebestraum. Yeah, which is life stream or love stream, love stream yeah. over and over and over. Yeah, and then when she's going, when she's throwing her <laughs> tantrum and going upstairs. He's playing Stormy Weather. Yeah, <laughs> it's in my notes too. It's like, uh, well, I, great use of Stormy Weather. Just... I, I love that because it's not obvious. It's way nope. in the background. And again, I really liked, I like that whole party scene. The whole Ooh. thing where the, everyone comes in and they're all elegant. They're all wearing their, their furs, their tuxedos. And they end up doing what theater people do, which is hanging out on the stairs. Yep. Yeah. And just all crammed together. Uh, no sense of physical boundaries. Yeah, but That's very believable. And one of my
0: notes from the party is two martinis in a row. No, no, three. She just like <laughs> glurk 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 and then, okay, Betty, oh Betty, okay. It's like yeah, it's this, a great scene but it's also painful because it's like I felt for her so much because it's
2: it, uh, It's a bumpy this, night. Yeah, yeah, so
0: this is this is sort of going uh, ahead a bit, but one of the things I like best about the movie and Betty in particular is you don't like her in the beginning because she is that kind of crabby actress who like, I deserve this all darling, darling, blah, blah, blah. And then you realize, you understand why she's upset and why she's vulnerable. And she actually does come about and you end up, I think, liking her the way she wanted you to like her in the first place, except it's more sincere. So she her performance across the film has got a lot of breadth to it, a lot of depth. And I really liked like, the fact that initially it's like oh my god will she shut up and then later on it's like no i want her to win That <laughs> rotten eve
1: <laughs> so. yeah her character is great it's so complex and it's so believable i mean yeah as you say she's clearly she's a diva but she is that mix of towering ego and crippling self-doubt yeah which in a lot of ways carrot to me always characterizes what makes her an actor <laughs> i noticed you almost said great <laughs> No, oh, well, it's true. A lot of the great ones are that. It's it's amazing. These somebody described every actor. I thought they summed it up really well. Arrogant without being self confident. Hmm. A lot of them are like yeah. that. They really not all. It's uh, there are some very grounded, very down to earth. But it's remarkable. You see these people who throw these huge star tantrums, and you get the you realize it's because deep down they think it's all going to go away.
0: Well, I mean and that's they, how they're that's they're how flawed. acting
1: works, right? Because you've done this part, now you go do another part. So
2: yeah. whatever,
0: whatever, you know, uh, problems there were in this, well, I'll just do another movie or another
1: play, that, and that'll make it all better. That was it's, a question actually I had for uh, Haley. Are there themes in this movie? Are there parts of it or the character of Margot Channing that still ring true, or does this movie feel dated?
2: Um. Well, I. Clearly, it's one of my favorites, so I think it rings true. It means a lot to me. And I think it goes beyond the theater, though. I, I feel like that sense of, you know, yes, there are all these people in my life, but if somebody, you know, younger and prettier and wittier and better than me came along, they'd all drop me in a moment. Mm-hmm. And so that, that fight to keep the people that you love around you and that uh, that vulnerability, I think, mm. is... Interesting, and I still feel it.
0: <laughs> I think I wrote it down, and when um, it's actually, well, I'm sure what's it? it's Karen. Is that her name? Yeah, Karen. Mm-hmm. When Karen is suddenly realizing that she is in danger of losing her husband, I I wrote down the feeling of being taken for granted, ordinary, unsurprising. Um, mm. Let me tell you, honey, when you get into your fifties, everything <laughs> changes. Um, but I felt everything badly. starts sagging. <laughs> And I just thought smoking and smoking and smoking. Um, No, I, I, being in my 50s, I can definitely see, you know, oh, the younger, the prettier and stuff like that. And when there is a breadth of age between you and your partner, and in my case, my partner and I are 12 years apart. So that's, you know, that's something that's in my head. Strangely, it's never in his. (laughs) So, but, you know, I I get it. And I felt bad for Karen because it's like, Especially because she didn't do anything wrong. Like, there was nothing about Karen that rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, I could tell that she was a little cold towards Betty Davis. Now I know why. Um, But then suddenly it's like her husband starts doing that husband thing that was very common in the 50s. Mm. Um, My quote down here was, Men are fools, dear. Remember that. (laughs) Because, of course, Eve is, is trying to get her hooks into him. Um, but it's like, yeah, you know, there are times when you're in a relationship and suddenly you don't feel so special anymore. And that's kind of what the movie's about, right? It's, and, it's,
1: yeah, and Margot is very sensitive about the fact that Bill is eight years younger than she yeah, is. Yeah. She, well, she and says he's 32. And I'm like,
0: okay, sure. I think he, is. he
2: was like 35 really? at the time. Yeah. yeah. People yeah.
0: aged funny back then because I've seen, like, even in the 70s, like, I'm 45, you're 67. <laughs>
1: I do like that, you know, He's he's 35. He's, and, he, and he looks it. He looked 35, 10 years ago. He'll look 35, 10 years from now. I hate men. Yes. <laughs> and it and that is, I'm sorry, that is a real theme that I think still resonates. The idea that women lose their value more as they age. Or you is know, it women get uh, dowdy or frumpy? Men get distinguished when they get older. Well, I think the only reason, reason they, that happens they, they, is because men tell them that because yeah. men are horrible. Men are fools it's part, dear. <laughs> it's it's part of the culture. It's an unfortunate part of the culture, and it's a big thing in the theater. She's absolutely yeah. right. She says, you know, I'm going to get older, and parts are going to disappear. And God knows that is still a major complaint and a valid one about about movies and theater. Yeah, that there, there are there's there, no there reason for parts it. for for women over four, over fifty, or except unless
0: you're Meryl Streep. Well, remember when uh, the remake of Thomas Crown came out? I'm guessing that you didn't see it? No. No. <laughs> uh, Renee Russo, who is well into her 40s, was playing a part where at certain points she's basically nude. Actually, she was nude in the sex scenes, but that scene where she shows up at the black and white ball and she is wearing. Trans- I deba-
1: well, it's Transparent
0: it, dress? <laughs> it's like a dress made of black pantyhose material. <laughs> and she's amazing. And she, the whole part, forget about the part where she's showing off her body. That's nice, too, if you're straight. Um, but her acting and I can, I can attest, yes, that was nice. <laughs> but a lot of people were like, oh, I can't believe you gave this part to somebody of, of her age. And it's like, she's doing fine. Why don't you just shut up? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I get it. And it's, sadly, it's because it's men tell women that you can't do anything after 30 or whatever. What do, what do we tell you? I don't know.
2: Oh, well, <laughs> depends <laughs> who you ask.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, and, and it's a shame because, of course, Betty had plenty more to do, plenty yeah. more to say. Mm-hmm.
2: And I appreciate in this film, Betty Davis was 42. Mm-hmm. and four
0: oh. That's what
2: no. said. Well, Margot Channing was 40. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Betty Davis was 42. <laughs> and she... I mean, she looks it, right? Like, she didn't let any of that, like, soft focus stuff or anything. And mm-hmm. she was never afraid, throughout her whole career, was never afraid to look unappealing or... In, well, the first in scene, way. she's
0: wearing cold yes. cream and her hair's and, all and tied the... back. I actually wrote down, wow, Betty is brave.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, and that was from the beginning of her career. Like, one of her first big breakout uh, films was of human bondage, and she was, like, a broke-down prostitute. And oh, she You
0: say bondage
2: yes i did <laughs> <laughs> human bondage <laughs> Ooh. but uh so and and throughout her career she was willing to do that and i think it works really well here where you can see the very stark difference uh, between her and Aunt baxter who looks fantastic
1: right well so. she's 12 so yeah you know. <laughs> the scene that just visually that I, I was so impressed with is when eve sets up the call on bill's birthday and Margot's right. in bed. Right. And they zoom in on Betty Davis, and you see how puffy her eyes are. And mm-hmm. you can see the crow's feet around her. She, Yeah, she doesn't shy away from it. No, I had a note for that one, too. It's 3 a.m. cigarette. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, yeah, real quick. Yeah, she didn't do
1: herself any favors with all the smoking. And that Betty Davis, by the way, smoked like a chimney.
0: Everybody did back then, sweetheart. It's just how it goes.
1: Speaking of which, I knew we'd want to
0: get to this part. So let's talk about the drinking and smoking. <laughs> Well, Christ. what's to
1: talk about? It was in 1950. Everyone I know. did that in the movies. What you Everywhere. Do? Like oh, the yeah. women's restroom. I'm sorry, that's not a restroom. That was a woman's lounge. It was
2: the ladies' lounge. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was
1: supposed to be. That, yeah. You know where that was? The cub room. You know where that is? Uh, I guess it's New York City. I just don't no, know. No, it's the back room of the Stork Club. That was one of the most famous night spots in, in uh, pretty much in North America. Oh. I didn't know about that. I, oh, I, God. Incredibly luxurious. Incredibly Exclusive. Now, of course, bathrooms have never been the same
0: since the 50s. I don't know if the men got anything. Probably they had, like, you know, darts, skittle pool. I don't know. Well, I they mean, had, you know, brandy you go snifters. To... And... Hmm? Oh.
2: I was you... going to say, Sorry? still, if it... some, at some high-end, like, department stores and things like that, there are still ladies' lounges. Really? You go to a nice Nordstrom sometimes. You can, huh. there are a little, so it's... There's still some holdovers. I know you guys have never been to the ladies' lounge, but... uh. Well, I
0: actually have been to a woman's room like this when I was young enough that, you know, when your mom takes you to the bathroom because you can't go by yourself, there was a local department store back where I grew up called Grover Cronin's, and they had, like, this little waiting room with benches and magazines and just play, like, you could just hang out, and then you would go through the curtain into the the necessary, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Um, So I I have seen one of these. I think I was four. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so, yeah. The so, creepy thing is when you have a bathroom attendant. I've never had to deal with that. Because I never, looked do you talk to them? Do you ignore? No, I don't, what do you do? I don't I was, know.
2: I've only yeah. dealt with it in Europe. and I...
0: If you know what to do, you can write us at us <laughs> yeah. at maxmikemovies.com. Yes. You tip them. I know you, you're supposed you to do, do that. You do tip them. You do. You are supposed to tip them. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, yeah, the smoking and the drinking, it's just such a stark contrast to, like, even in the 70s. You know, or actually even all oh, the 60s, like one of my favorite uh, sitcoms is the Dick Van Dyke show. And there's a lot of smoking in that. But here it's like, whenever you can, she wakes up, she does the call, it's 3 a.m. And you can tell because there's a clock right there. And the first thing she thinks to do is light up. Mm. <laughs> ah. Well, it's and also every... the first
2: shot of her in the film. I mean, she's sh- the first thing she does. She steals Max's yep. cigarette case, lights up a cigarette and then pours herself a drink. So <laughs> yep, it's it's yeah. right from the beginning. But really, I mean, she's, Kind of the only one that where it's that excessive in yeah. the film, so mm. I, I think that's partially characterization as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then later, but Eve she, is like getting ready for it because she's
1: doesn't hold back either. But.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. I I remember seeing Betty Davis interviewed when she was about eighty. She was on David Letterman, and she came out. First off, she was wearing this like very tight red tube dress. Ooh. And. Yeah, and she could not care less what what anybody thought. It was amazing. She walked down and took over the show. Letterman couldn't get a word in, and he was just completely cowed, and she lights up a cigarette on network TV at this area. It was like, "Um, Betty, you really can't smoke, and she just looks at him. In and that way. And he shuts up.
2: Got those Betty Davis eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Except the fact that she, her eyes were so much better than that song. But yeah. like, hey, it gave Kim Carn you know, what, five five minutes
1: of fame or whatever. But, yeah. I uh, also like Max Fabian. You know, total nobody that actor. He plays basically, he was better known as a director. And I say better known, you know, in a broad sense. He, I don't think he really had any big hits. In a Parker Stevenson kind of way. Some kind, <laughs> yeah, kind of but I do I loved his line you know at the party just the way he delivers it you know Betty's you know getting him some bicarbonate of soda and he's like she says I love you Max I really really love you and he looks over at Bill and says she loves me like a father also, she's loaded. I have it in my notes, too. The exact same quote. I love, I love that line. It's also,
0: she's loaded. There's a number of good quotes in that film. One of my other favorites was, all playwrights should be dead for
1: 300 years. <laughs> that is one of my favorite things about this movie. Never mind the performances. The dialogue is yeah. so much fun. Yeah. No, I don't... Th- Eve would never ask for something like that. Eve would ask Abbott to give her Costello. <laughs> it's like, dang! Yeah, yeah. It, it's... I, I, I
0: feel that it's probably aggrandized, but it's also probably a pretty good mirror of theater, theater people. It's, it's probably polished up a bit. I bet things were a bit cruder than that. But, man, part of me misses the fact that there were parties. Like, they're mm-hmm. your friends. You still got to wear a tux. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, 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 not, I sort of don't enjoy getting dressed up because it's a pain. But it's also sad to think, yeah, people just don't do that at all. Like, they don't mm. dress up anymore. Like
2: Even Halloween parties. Nobody even does costume parties anymore half the time. Really? Yeah. 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 Or it's a costume party, and it's like I wore my Where's Waldo t shirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> Minimal yeah. effort.
0: Yeah. I, I stopped at a store 24. I'm sorry. I stopped at a CVS on the way. Mm. And <laughs> look, they had this leftover mask for 10 cents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. great.
2: Well, this is the uh, era of athleisure now. So I, yeah. Yeah. we kind of went hard in the opposite direction. Yeah, it's,
1: it's
0: funny. Like, like, even when we go, like, there's one of our favorite restaurants, is a, it's a Brazilian steakhouse, and Tyler and I will always at least wear a button-down, and it's like,
1: yeah, we're kind of overdressed.
0: <laughs> and it's oh, like, well, okay.
1: Yeah. Or if you go to the theater now, it used to be, if you went to the theater, you got dressed up. Yeah. You put on, you put on a, a fancy ball gown, or at least I did. You <laughs> put on a you, don't judge me. You would put on, you know, a tuxedo. Or if not a tuxedo, you would at least put on a nice suit. And you'd shine your shoes. Ha. No. Ha. Ha. Yeah. Now, not so much. No. No.
2: Not even the it, opera, really, anymore. No. I was, I was so disappointed the first time I went to an opera, and I got decked out. Of course. I was excited. Oh. And then you get there, and it's like, oh, the person sitting next to me is wearing jeans. Cool. Okay. <laughs>
0: I suppose we should yes. have people go to the theater anymore, right? Because. Yeah yeah i don't know i can't uh, whatever it was nice to see tuxedos and i was like oh, i want to go to one of those parties that looks like i want that party <laughs> yeah. max make that, that party oh okay <laughs> and we all have to wear tuxes there. and dresses and and <laughs> thanks was i invited <laughs> it's like and, and, i i mean i don't mind the fur thing I, it, we, but that's otherwise it's just like uh, I would, a little yeah. class
1: would be nice that you know, where people are mixing drinks for you, and you have a bartender. And... I'd like that part a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do like uh, that's another part I, li- I really like when Marilyn Monroe is trying to get the attention of the the guy with the, the, the drinks going waiter. Wait. That's yeah. not a waiter, dear. It's a butler. But well, I can't just yell butler. What if somebody's name is butler? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you have a point, dear. An idiotic one, but <laughs> <What> a point. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, let's just say that as far as acting ability, Marilyn hadn't quite come into her own yet. Because mm. I thought she wasn't,
2: yeah. Well, rumor goes she was very intimidated by Betty Davis. Well, so that's yeah. fair. <laughs> she she did, in fact, have to uh, go to the ladies' lounge and um, expel the contents of her right. stomach. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Out of character as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: Uh, how about you, Haley? A note from your pad. A
2: note? Oh yes, my gosh! Since you have a pad with know. notes on it, I've been it. trying to sprinkle them in like organically, but oh, well, <laughs> well, I just can't. You know. like
1: dump, dump them all over us. <laughs> yes, oh you'll gosh. have to because oh, we'll just keep talking otherwise.
0: Puke uh, your notes uh, into our microphone. Uh, is that a saying? It is now. <laughs> what about but, Zangief's ass? <laughs> <laughs> Toss, don't stack. Won't you? Oh Thank gosh! You.
2: Oh gosh! No, I think I think I've most. Man, of the have notes we
0: covered your notes? Oh. Max, I, just ha- I,
2: I just, you know.
0: I know you love this film. We <laughs> haven't got to the, of course, this is the last section where we find out if you like the movie. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Max. Do I get notes. a part
2: where I get to convince you that you like the movie? Yeah, that yeah. Yeah. I haven't said if
0: I me. liked it or not yet. <laughs> you know, I, might, I, I might have thought it was total garbage.
1: Uh, Max. <laughs> yeah. Your, your notes. What? uh
2: uh-huh.
1: um, Again, I, mo- a lot of them are about uh, just the way Ann Baxter does Eve. I love the parts where just suddenly the character comes out. The scene in The Lady's Lounge where she's talking to Karen and she shifts gears oh, man! from the, oh, I'm so sorry, I feel terrible. It was all Addison's fault. Give me
0: the part. <laughs>
1: it's like, ah! That, I, honest to God, the first time I saw it, I thought that was terrifying. I thought she was scary because suddenly the eyes change and they're like looking down two gun barrels.
2: But... But if you compare it to the way she looks and talks at the very end of the film, mm-hmm. I think it's still an act. It's just a different persona. Like, you don't really get oh. to see the real Eve.
0: Well, until... my, my, my note for that was the bathroom discussion is Eve doing her best Margot impersonation.
1: Huh. No, well, Haley, what were you saying? At the end of the movie? Oh, just
2: at the end of the film after it actually stops the, you know, the flashback and catches up to the introduction and after all of the uh, <laughs> award ceremony and all of that. And she goes back to her hotel and she uh, meets the right. young mm-hmm. uh, high school club president, The Phoebe. New
1: Genoux. <laughs> sure. Eve 2.0, yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, and her voice there is so much different from the rest of the film because from the very beginning she's got this very I mean it's a beautiful low musical and she's always got the perfect tone as she's speaking Um, but then the, the transition at the very end which I think is really the first time you get to hear Eve
0: yeah I mean, where, she's tired? <laughs> where yeah. she's tired, where yeah. yeah. she's she tired. She's she's been up.
2: beaten. She, you know, yeah. she lost the game. Addison, you know, again, spoiler, I guess, but yeah. uh, you know, Addison ends up being uh, maybe somehow more just of...
1: a touch more evil than she is.
2: <laughs> yes. Just
0: a touch. <laughs> what,
1: do we, what do we think of that la- that second, that penultimate scene? That scene where Addison basically says, "says I own you." my note was even being
0: ripped apart by Addison I don't trust Eve like I'm not sure that that wasn't a performance oh, of some mm-hmm. sort it's I definitely think she was wrong. trapped but I still think that there was crocodile tears and you know
2: yeah well she found out that the way she had been trying to manipulate him before didn't work so she tried another tactic I think and he even says she says oh I can't go on I can't perform now and he says you'll give the performance of of, of your lifetime and she does right like yeah mm-hmm. yeah that
0: he's basically a Vulcan because that's <laughs> what he
1: is <laughs> That's the thing, that line, you'll give the performance of your life. Is he talking? I mean, do you think that's referring to the show she then goes and does? Or her speech at the uh, Sarah Siddons Society? Or the third uh, take on that could be, you'll do what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's another thing. It's not just, he's not making a statement. He's giving her a command. I mean, mean, is that...
0: Hmm? as shallow as he is the character has a lot of depth and he's really scary like as scary as, as Eve is in the bathroom I'm sorry the ladies lounge with Karen because mm-hmm. yeah. she is that with Addison it's like if, I hope they never remake this obviously if they remade this they'd have to throw in some sort of physical thing which is unnecessary because his
1: performance <laughs> is like oh uh, yes sir whatever yeah okay <laughs> I have to well, ask well, my manager oh, he,
0: he hits her he slaps her once, but you know what I mean? I'm trying not yeah. to use the R word, because yeah. yeah, today's yeah. films would have to throw that in because they feel it's necessary. Yeah. But besides the fact that he's basically hitting her just to just stop, just yeah. stop, because I know what's going on in here, let me tell you how much I know. Ah, everything. He that, is so chilling, because he is emotionless. He's just awful. And you kind of we, like him we, through the film, because it's like, yeah, he's the critic, and he's a jerk and stuff, but he is smart, and he's got... Interesting things to say. Oh, nope. He's a villain.
1: And he has he has no illusions. He's no, like, he knows what he is. He knows who the people are. And as he says, you know, we have a basic contempt for humanity and the inability the inability to love and be loved. It's like wow, this guy. Yep. But we do he we do see a little crack in the armor when she laughs at him. Yeah, he and does he, not like and that. He, that's the only time we really see him angry. Is just, never laugh at me.
0: You wonder if he wasn't one of those guys where growing up he had no athletic abilities so he threw yeah. himself into books <laughs> and learning and became erudite just to spite people and now just mm-hmm. hates everyone. Oh,
2: well, and that's what he says in the film. And he's like a Trappist monk in the, and the theater is everything yeah. to him. And, and yeah. it and there are some... there. You can't analyze the film as him being gay-coded and that therefore has to be completely sexless because it was 1950 mm-hmm. and so... There wait, wait.
0: Can we can we take a step back? Gay coded,
2: yeah. Like yeah. gays, British. <laughs> okay, okay. Fine. Same thing. No, but seriously, did,
1: did you feel that that was an overtone?
2: I did. yeah. Oh, wow,
1: interesting. I could see that actually. Yeah, he is coded. The whole thing with the you know the Oscar Wilde cigarette holder. I was thinking the Penguin because again he was on Batman. Um, oh dear. I,
0: well, yeah, he was. Um, you know it's funny. I I I paid the five bucks. I got the toaster oven, and I didn't get a ping at all. <laughs> But I can see it now that you put it that way, but maybe it was he needed cover. Maybe that's one of the reasons he wanted her with with him to do well, what he, I don't know. Well,
2: he uses, I mean, beautiful women, like right? Like you, you see him mm-hmm. with Ms. Caswell, and so he has a, a thing about manipulating the women of the theater into being his sort of little playthings, but mm. not necessarily in a way that is romantic. I mean, he's pushing yeah. them and yeah, other...
1: Maybe, um, maybe Marilyn Monroe is his beard, and that kind of threw me. Well, it's possible. I mean, he does like yeah. He points her at Max Fabian. It's pretty clear what he's expecting her yeah, to do. Go
2: do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Takes her takes her coat off, exposes her shoulder, and gives her a mm-hmm. little push. Yeah. Yep.
0: Go be Marilyn dear. Kill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to yeah. point out something that's a little egregious in this film. Um, mm-hmm. So, a hearkening back to films like Earth vs. Spider or Beastmaster 2, why is what? Zanuck mentioned in his own movie? Uh,
2: <laughs> Benny Davis That's... hated him.
0: Oh, because yeah. he's the producer. Yeah, And they mention, it, it's like, I have to go work for Mr. Zanuck. Get it? Wink. Um, and if you haven't seen Earth vs. have you seen Earth vs. Spider?
2: I have not.
0: So there's this horrible scene where one of the characters is being goaded into going out to look for a necklace that's lost in a giant mm-hmm. spider cave. It's a giant spider movie, if you didn't know. Oh. And the kid does not want to go, because he works for his father, who owns a theater, and he's like, oh, my dad just got this new movie and called The Puppet People. It looks pretty cool. It's another one of this Bird Eye Gordon's film. So he's advertising his own film in his own film. In yeah. Beastmaster 2, Beastmaster Back in Time, um, Beastmaster shows up in current day and they drive past a theater that is showing
1: Beastmaster 1. <laughs> so yeah, There's a little bit of self-referential stuff here, but Daryl yeah. Zanuck didn't need to do that. Everyone knew who he was.
0: Well, that's why I kind of wondered. It's like, why? Nobody
1: knew who Bird Eye Gordon was. (laughs) (laughs) And nor should they.
2: I mean, but there's a lot of name dropping in this film. So it doesn't really stick out to me as strange because, I mean, in the same scene, they're talking about, you know, I think they mentioned Betty Grable, and I think they Mm -hmm. mentioned, who else do they mention? Oh, I thought
0: it was Clark Gable. Was it Grable Uh, or Gable? At one point, Betty Grable actually, Bill
2: mentions her at the beginning. Okay. talking about what theater is. Oh, because I thought that
0: later on somebody Mm -hmm. said you could get a Gable. And I thought maybe it was Betty who Sable. said it. Sable, it was Sable. When
2: Marilyn's talking about Sable, and yeah. he says that he said did she say Sable or Gable? That's what it was. That's Max Both. Line, yeah. <laughs>
0: well, well you've seen it how many times? Probably <laughs> a lot. Uh, yeah.
1: That's more than two. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also they reference Arthur Miller, who would later marry Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Yeah. yeah. For five minutes. Yeah. She married what five times? Something like that. No, no, only uh, a Joe DiMaggio, Arthur, Arthur Miller. Miller. I think there
0: were only three. Oh okay. Well I then, think. she like she died in like nineteen what fifty nine something like that. No no no, she di- uh would have been later
1: because uh, she was around with the Kennedys. 16. I think it was sixteen. Oh, that's right, yeah, She had
0: to be alive for that because oh, nice. her best part ever. Happy birthday. Ah uh, yes. Okay, because that's when the whole country says, "Oh, I get it." Mm. <laughs> yeah, harken back to days when that's the worst thing happened. Anyway, uh, we are getting to that point of the show. Yes. We have to discuss whether it's actually a good movie or not. Don't you think? Or do anybody get any <laughs> last-minute notes before we? Uh, not me, Haley.
1: We... I'm good. Anything else you want to bring in? No.
0: Before we break our silence and <laughs> and, and the mystery of whether we liked this movie or not. The roundup. <laughs> I'm gonna throw it up to Haley. Haley, do you do you like this film?
2: You know. I thought I did and and now I'm rethinking my <laughs> decision. and you know what? Yes, I still like it. <laughs> You're
0: a worse liar than Max.
2: <laughs> I'm just I'm just a good actor, so you knew that I was there lying. I let you in on that.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. A little behind the scenes. Mm.
1: Behind the coitin. Don't
0: look behind my you? curtains.
1: <laughs> Max. Yeah. I love this movie. I've seen this movie like half a dozen times. I never yeah. get tired of it. Well this I, is I old think, Hollywood, I think right? The prof- the perform. Mm-hmm. This is old Hollywood, right? This yeah, is which Hollywood... is something I love. But also, yeah. uh, the dialogue, the pacing, the way it's shot, the performances. This is such a good movie. And I mean, my God, the line, "Fasten your seatbelts it's going to be a bumpy night." That I think was listed by both AFI Premiere and about three other people as one of the top ten lines, movie lines in history.
0: Yeah, I, I will admit uh, when I saw the time, the the running time on the box, it's like, it's how long? <laughs> Yes, yes. Because it's usually in the 50s. like, ah, this is going to be 90 minutes, no problem. It's like, over two hours!
2: (laughs) But it doesn't feel like it when you're watching it. It goes by very quickly. The
1: pacing is incredible. Mike, what did you think? Uh, I mostly really liked it. There was something, however,
0: that I was not keen on, and that's the ending. I actually felt the ending was a little too pat. Like, oh, now it's happening to her. And it's like, I don't... I had a hard time believing that she got into the hotel. You said hotel. I thought it was her apartment. I, I, I just said, Eve's apartment. Cripes, look at this. That's <laughs> yeah. like $4 billion. Um, also, that's also old New York, right back when you could have an apartment like that. Holy crap. Yes. That's just my apartment. Oh, that's the upstairs of my... The, your what? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, but it's like it's the,
1: the woman, I don't remember, a Phoebe.
0: How mm-hmm. could I forget? It's my cat's name. I
1: call, I love that name. I love what she said. And when Addison says, Phoebe, she was. I call myself Phoebe. Like, and, why ah. you? and why shouldn't you? Um,
0: I, I. It felt a little bit too like, yeah, it's nice to see Eve getting what she deserves, but exactly, the, is she going to fall for this? My feeling is she won't.
1: And so I'm like, mm. I like that. I think that's, it's like, okay, the cycle continues. Or does it? We don't really know. The only part I felt was a little too pat was like, Oh, Karen takes Lloyd back, no problem. Really? He was such a jerk, and then it's like, okay, now Paul is forgiven. Well... Of course, it was 1950, and, you know, people very... You almost never see divorces. Ah, don't say that, the women.
0: don't <laughs> say that word. Don't say that word. We don't say yeah. the D word
1: on this show. Uh,
0: oh, and you actually couldn't what? say that. It's Well, you couldn't say divorce. That was a yes, big deal. Could. Yes, well, you could.
1: The, you the, couldn't the, show it on movie, TV. The, the George Cukor movie uh the women one of the characters goes to reno to get a divorce but like you couldn't even have that on tv in the
0: 70s that was tv a you deal. Could, yeah yeah let's talk about that moment if we can so karen and what is lloyd lloyd yeah. do we all think that lloyd did what uh eve said he did or was it just that he really was excited and over exuberant about having somebody that was quite honestly closer to the age of his characters do we think he actually like slept out of his marriage or anything like that
2: i have i go back on forth back and forth on that because you see the scene where eve has her roommate or whatever call in the middle of the night and so it's i think implied that that's when, you know, quote-unquote, he, he rushed to my door at three in the morning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And Addison knows that she's lying. Right. But is she implying it just to imply it? Because she's trying to mislead Addison into thinking that Bill and... Or, not Bill, sorry, Lloyd, and she are, you know, together. I, I, I feel like each time I watch it, I go back and forth whether I think mm. that he actually did...
1: Because my feeling is that he didn't.
2: I don't. And that,
0: yeah. really? that was, Cause yeah, I cause
1: was. I, I never Until you guys said it, it never even occurred to me. I thought, of course, he did. I, I think the reason I didn't is because so little of what she says can be
0: believed. But also that scene right before Addison rips her apart, which I, I will admit is very satisfying, <laughs> uh, is, is she seems to have this whole thing laid out. And when she's saying it, it's almost like the act of her saying it ensures that it's never gonna happen. But it also seems like the one point we're seeing a little bit of her and that she's delusional, that she doesn't understand people as well as she thinks she does. And so that to me, and then of course Addison says, I happen to know what happened and nothing happened. Or he he implies that. So my feeling was she wanted uh, Karen to feel like that that's happening. And she really wanted to have a playwright under her finger, but it hadn't gone far enough yet. Could it go that far? Maybe if she did another play, and and Lloyd ended up being so enamored, maybe. But I don't feel like it actually did.
2: That yeah. being said, that's not
0: saying Lloyd isn't a, isn't a schmuck, which he-
2: no, yeah, I think he was interested. I don't know it? if it actually ever happened. I think she, I, to me, it reads mostly as her trying to convince Addison that it happened, and therefore.
1: Okay, so we have two. I just assumed it did because uh, she obviously wants to bind Lloyd to her because he's. She sees him as her ticket. He'll write these great plays. She'll star in them, and what better way to keep him around than have him marry her? Right. Yeah.
0: Which makes me appreciate the scene with her and Bill early on even more, where Bill's like, "No." no no tried
2: it there first
0: he's like bill is in a way he's almost the only non-stereotypical character in the whole film because let's face it all of the women in this film as great as the performances are kind of act in a stereotypical catty manner at some point even karen to some extent which is kind of too bad except i don't the only one i end up really disliking is eve because she really is you know the first syllable of evil (laughs) But it's nice to see Bill, because you expect, oh God, Bill's gonna fall for her too, and then Bill's like, no,
1: yeah, no. but you remember why he said why he isn't interested? In what he says? I I've only seen it for yeah. one time. So what I, I don't.
2: what I want, I go after, and I don't want it to go after me or something. Yeah, like that. It's Yeah, it's not
1: so much that oh. he's like sees through, or it's like, no, uh, I don't like women to be aggressive. I don't like them to make the first move.
2: Well. Oh, oh. <laughs> Well, I don't I, think "aggressive" is the right word because yeah. he certainly likes his women aggressive. All right, yeah. well,
1: he likes them strong. He likes <laughs> yeah. them tough, but he doesn't well, want them to make the first move. He's, yeah. He thinks oh, he's supposed to. I merely just like him because he said no.
2: Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. clear well, about it. And That's it, it. but even from his first, you know, moment that he walks in the room, he's completely focused on Margot and ignores yeah. Eve, and like he never, no, he never seems to have any intention of. Giving Eve any more than a very polite, you know, casual he's fairly
1: dismissive. I mean, he always calls her kid or junior, yeah.
0: yeah. But it's nice because at that particular point in time, the whole sleeping around thing was seen as a cool thing, right? Yeah. That's what you, you know, if you were a guy and you could get some on the side, hey, hey, let's go, <laughs> that was that was you did that, and you know, then the woman took you back, but whatever. So, yeah, but I that's the like. I liked that part—the fact that Bill's like, "No, I'm in love with Margot. I want to be with her." Period. Even when she throws tantrums and has these amazing parties, oh, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Nope." And then eventually, well, I, I'm going to guess that they do, in fact, get married. And I actually, my feeling is, they stay together. I think that there's some tempestuous moments, yeah, and there's maybe some times where they don't live together, but I think they stay together.
1: She she tried to get the uh, Mankiewicz and uh, 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 Zucker. Uh, was it Zucker? what am I thinking of? Uh, the producer whatever Daryl Zanuck oh, to Zanuck, do a yeah. sequel to what? show their, to yeah. about their marriage <laughs> all about Phoebe oh uh, no, no no about about Margot and Bill 10 uh, years down the road no I'm yeah, kind of glad they did and
2: then after they divorced she said never mind I played it it doesn't work
0: exactly <laughs> yep, yep yeah. that. I mean it would have been Galactica 1980 all over again <laughs> so all about so, Eve 2 Eve's revenge yeah. Yeah, yeah down and out in Beverly Hills um yeah. I think it's fair to say that this is a classic movie for all the right reasons it also it it does feel a little dated but that's okay because i would have found it really weird for having a movie to be prescient enough to feel like it was made in 2019 but made in 1950 i it wouldn't have been a classic film then this is hollywood this is in a way theater because it's it is hollywood but it's it's the theater used to be like this. It's that whole time period in that place uh, encapsulated in a little over two hours. Yep, including the contempt for Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always nice when you can say stuff like that in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I want to thank Haley for for coming yeah. and choosing yes, this film. Thank you very much.
2: Thank um, you so much for having me. Yeah, because an honor.
0: Well, I don't know about an honor, but uh, yeah, well, I would never <laughs> a, have seen a minor otherwise.
2: honor, but you know, mm-hmm. very,
0: very <laughs> minor. Very uh, minor. Next week we have yes. in Bruges, and mm-hmm. our guest host will be one. I don't actually. Uh, he goes by Ned. Yes.
1: Yes, Ned Martinez. Yep. Uh, my, Is my, actually my godson. Cool, and yeah. he will be bring us. Uh, we will be watching in Bruges. Exactly. Oh, you can laugh
0: because I may not, in fact, cut it out.
1: (laughs) Ned hasn't told us yet.
0: Um, But before we go, there's a little bit of business to take care of. Yes,
1: indeed, there is. I hope. You you can uh, no doubt listen to our podcasts on the Google Podcast app or the uh, Apple iTunes Podcast app. You can go to our website, maxmikemovies.com, for our entire back catalog and pithy sayings and writings. Ooh, Uh, pithy sayings. You can uh, email us at us at maxmikemovies.com and we do the social media thing that kids are so into. We're on the Twitters and the book faces under Max Mike Movies. Yeah. Yeah. Kids and Facebook goes together like... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, until next week, this is Haley. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Mike. That's Haley. (laughs) I blew my line. (laughs) It's
1: my only line. (laughs) (laughs) Say goodbye, Haley. Haley.
2: Goodbye, Haley.
0: Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.